0: Right, well, as you know, we are looking at this huge subject of discipleship, being disciples. And we've picked up this funny little phrase, red-letter disciples, which really is that if you, some of your Bibles, if you have a Bible, the words of Jesus are in red. And usually it's the things that he was saying to his disciples. So we're picking up things that Jesus has been saying to his disciples because it's, they are for us also. Um, And today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 10. Not the whole of the chapter, but I want to read the first 14 verses to you. Hopefully it will be on the screen also. He, that's Jesus, called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of those first 12 apostles. First, Simon, who's called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, I cannot help but think of a 1970s children's program, but anyway, his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Elpheus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Those twelve, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go amongst the gentiles or enter any town of the samaritan's go rather to the lost sheep of israel as you go preach this message the kingdom of heaven is near heal the sick raise the dead cleanse those who have leprosy drive out demons just a small job freely you have received freely give Don't take anything along with you of gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic jumper or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting." If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it's not, your peace will return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for the words of Jesus. We thank you that we have them to to lead us and guide us and direct us. We pray now, Holy Spirit, that we would have open hearts and open minds to understand your teaching and your words. Please speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm married to someone who spends most of their time in school, particularly in in junior school, infant school working with children, and I've learned lots of things over the years that I never knew, and certainly as a 70s child, um, or schoolboy anyway, um, I was not taught any of these things. One of the things I've learned about is a homophone. Uh, Does anybody know what a homophone is? No? Yes? The homeschoolers are starting to nod. (laughs) Word that sounds the same, but spelt differently. And means something different. Okay. So we've got one here. Hopefully. Okay. Can you leave that one up for us, Glyn? Disciples are sent. It's a homophone. Is that right? Have I got it right? (laughs) Don't ask me about split diagraphs or any of those other things. Oh, my days. Disciples are sent Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and he sent them out but in that sending he also gave them authority i want us to know today we are a sent people we are sent in the s e n t first of all we are sent we are we are sent out we don't stay here in this building. And in fact, it disciples, followers of Jesus, those who are after Jesus' heart and pursuing him, are not just people who go to a building for a couple of hours uh, in a week and then forget about him. No, they are pursuing him and following, as we heard, his commands. They are sent. Jesus called his disciples to him, and then verse 5, he sent them out. But there's something that happens in the the moment between uh, that calling and that sending. Did you notice what happens there? He gave them authority. He gave them authority. As I was digging into these verses, I realized there's about ten sermons Okay. Now I want to highlight a couple of things and it may well be that we'll come back on another day. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this subject of authority but Jesus, what's important for us to know is we don't go on our own. We go with authority. He comes with us. He gives us His Spirit and we have His authority. And so there are times and I loved that testimony that Hannah was just sharing there. There are moments when you think you know, I've got this. I'm living with this. How can I deal with this? And then those words go, you have been given authority. You've been given authority. authority to drive out impure spirits things that are not of God. To heal every disease and illness. And so, when we pray for one another, and in a moment, I'm just going to invite us to, we're going to welcome God again, and we're going to pray for one another. What do we do? Do we do it as nice, kind, gentle people? Well, hopefully we are nice, we are kind, and we are gentle. But it's not some power that's in us, it's the authority of Jesus. It's not something I make or try and find, it's the authority of Jesus but he he gave them instructions now i just want to say about this authority and these instructions and so on disciples of jesus are not just passengers they're not just spectators i keep coming back to that wonderful phrase uh, that uh, ashley brought to us some weeks ago now which is that he said they're not disciples are not beach dwellers they don't stay on the beach they're not just passengers oh look at Jesus and oh look he just healed some people that's great look that's amazing right let's go to the pub disciples are not passengers and spectators they are those who are called and sent with authority there's an activation there's a purpose it's God's purpose there's a plan God's plan there is power God's power There's purpose, God's purpose. There is a plan. It's God's plan. There is power. God's power. You see, a bit later on when things started to get a bit tough and a bit challenging, it says many of them left him. Many of them left him. When the challenge really came, when the rubber hit the road, when those moments that Ashley was telling that story about his nephew, there's a choice, there's a decision to be made. Oh, no thanks. I love to be entertained. I love to be fed with the bread and fish. But actually, no, this is getting real now. This is getting real now. And many left him. But there is an incredible, incredible, wonderful, glorious uh, discovery to be made when we start following Jesus and it's about freedom and it's about encounter it's about knowing that sense of being set free from from sin and from death and and to see that uh touching others as well so he he gives them instructions they're quite specific um, just want to mention this uh, verse uh, 5 and 6, don't go among the Gentiles or any enter any town of the Samar- Samaritans. I do just want to say here, this isn't um, Jesus saying he doesn't like Gentiles and he doesn't like Samaritans, okay, what he's saying is I want you to be focused because we know we are Gentiles. There may be a, a Jew here, I don't know, but for most of us here in the room, we are Gentiles, We are, would have been Samaritans. We would have been those who were outside of the people of God. And here we are today worshipping Jesus. And Jesus' heart is for us. So this isn't a moment where we say, Oh, Jesus didn't like Gentiles and Samaritans. No, what Jesus says is, I want you to have a focus. And you see, for different ones of us, there will be different callings. We're called together. But there will be different things. So some of you will say, I am called to be in the world of work. I think of this wonderful couple right here. They're called to be in the world of work. And, and, and their witness and their ministry, so much of their witness and their ministry is in the world of work. In what they're involved in. And sometimes, and, and it will be different for different ones of us. And you'll say, oh, I ought to do what she's doing. I ought to do what he's doing. No, God has asked you to be you. And there's a focus. There's a focus. But the question that some of us sometimes need to ask is, what has God asked me to do? And then the next question is, am I doing it? <laughs> All right, so just important. Jesus didn't dislike Gentiles and, uh, uh, and Samaritans. But he's saying to them at this moment when he's sending them, There's a focus. I want you to go to the lost sheep of Israel. Okay? So what has God spoken to you about? Are you doing it? And then there's a clear message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Again, there's a whole sermon, probably two or three talks, on the kingdom of heaven. But basically, God's reign and rule... The rule and reign of God is to be seen and known and felt. The kingdom of heaven is near. There's something breaking in that will be seen. For someone to say, I'm a disciple of Jesus, the next question is, how do I know? Well, it will be seen in their lives. So, how do they declare the kingdom of heaven is near? How, well, the kingdom of heaven is near. How do I know? Well, the sick are healed. The dead are raised. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. Demons are driven out. Freely you have received. Freely give. There is a power encounter. There is authority. There is blessing that flows when God comes near. Amen? the same for us today. The message of God's kingdom, the life, death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus is good news. It's good news to be given to anyone who will hear it. We have freely received this amazing gift, sin forgiven, eternal life promised to us. And so we are also commanded to give it away, to give it away, to give it away. Discipleship is also about learning and growing, always. One of the things that I know about myself and I would say to anyone is I'm a life learner. I'm always learning. Is that true for many of us? I'm always learning. And I, I love to learn stuff. It's why I love hearing stories of others and what they've done and the way they've done it. Because you go, ah, and, and you learn. Discipleship is always about learning and growing. And this is a moment where Jesus clearly wants to teach them about trust and dependence. Trust and dependence. Verse 9, do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey, no extra shirt, sandals or staff, for the worker is worthy of his keep. Does that mean everybody has got to go and sell everything and, and become, as it were, um. Uh, you know, a monk, as it were. No, I don't believe that's what, what, or a hermit. I, I don't believe that's what Jesus is saying. There's a moment here where he's saying, I want to teach you about dependence. Who are you leaning on? Who are you trusting in? Who are you depending on? This literally is a walk, a journey of faith. I think for so many of us, we like to have a bit of a backup plan. We like to have what Jackie and I have often referred to, although it, it, it gets emptied all the time, but it's the rainy day account. Have you got a rainy day account? We've got one, it's empty. <laughs> By God's grace. Well, you know, you hear something about dear, something like our dear friends, Andy and Colette, and you just think, right... It's not our rainy day, it's their rainy day. Or whatever it might be. But, one of the things, a big lesson for disciples. Now, you might say, I wish I had a rainy day account. Never had one. One of the things that I find at any time historically when I've been into places, what's often referred to as the third world, but it's the two-thirds world, places uh, where people have nothing. Nothing. There's no rainy day account. There's not even a certainty of the meal later on today. But one of the things I've often discovered when I've been had the privilege of being in those situations is that the presence of God and the dependence upon God, if they know Jesus, is incredible. Faith. Believing. Trusting. I'll never forget Uh, one day talking to a lady who had nothing and she kept saying by God's grace by God's grace she had an understanding of the grace of God that with all my western trappings and my house and my car and my rainy day account and you learn disciples there's no backup plan there's no plan b now don't get me wrong if you've got a rainy day account that's fine But what are you putting your faith in is the question, isn't it? What are you trusting in? It's not wrong to have savings. But disciples of Jesus are called to be all in. They're not going to stay on the beach. They're going to get in the boat. And they're going to go. But what we know, absolutely, and we've proved, many of us time and time again, but we have to keep on Uh, proving it over and over, is that those he sends, he also supplies. How many of you would say that? How many of you know that? There's so much here in these verses. We can come back to them (coughs) again and again. But I just want to just touch on this for just a couple of moments because I, I really feel to come back into prayer. Disciples are sent Disciples are sent, S-C-E-N-T. Have I I spelt that right, haven't I? Yeah. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. Now, if you read in Luke chapter 10, verse 5, when Jesus sends out the 72, the greeting we discover is, peace be with you. Peace be to this house. It's it's a greeting, but the word is shalom. Peace. It's not just absence of a bit of noise. It's the presence of God. It's the wholeness. Shalom, it's the wholeness. It's an internal thing as well as an external thing. It's a deep inner peace. And so as you enter the house, you bring peace and you speak peace. If a home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it's not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave the home or town and shake the dust. Off your feet. It's a sign of <clears throat> them not receiving peace. Did you know you have a smell? Did you know? Now some people wear quite a lot of cologne, don't they? Or perfume or deodorant or whatever. Sometimes you can even tell when somebody's been. I, I remember um, we haven't really done much hugging for about two years, have we? But uh, one or two people are starting to hug again, and that's fine. And some, some of you say, I'm not a huggy person. Okay, that's, that's, that's fine. As I sometimes tell the story, a lady told me once in church, you're not very huggy, are you? But uh, I'm just me. But Jackie and I, so funny, we, I can remember, we used to say, you've been around such and such, haven't you? Because you could smell them on you. Do you know that one? You could tell when, when you've met with someone. You met with such and such because uh, you, can, you can smell their, their perfume. Or, or deodorant, whatever. Um, Jack and I have been learning quite a lot about smells in in the last few months. Um, uh, his name is Charlie Brown, and uh, <laughs> he spends his life smelling <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, and it's how he how he does it's how he does his communication. It's like really you know do we no we're not going to stop but he sends messages Um, he's a -a cockapoo by the way in case uh, anybody's wondering who this friend of ours is Um, but he but they they leave these messages and and, uh, he can't possibly need to go to the loo again but apparently it's leaving messages sorry if this is too much information but um, there is a scent there is a scent Uh, and it's amazing, sometimes we'll go down, down to Gernard Marsh or whatever, down to the front or across the grass, and suddenly he'll go like this, and he's following. You think, what, and a, and a fox has been through, or a badger's been through, or another dog's been through, and he's literally, he's following the scent. As disciples, you have a scent. Did you know that? What do you smell of? What do you smell of? What does your neighbor think you smell of? What does your work colleague think you smell of? Your place at school or college or wherever it might be. What do you smell of? Did you know you can leave your smell? Disciples are sent. Disciples of Jesus smell of peace. Shalom. When you enter a room, you take Jesus with you. Because as a Christian, as a disciple, Christ is in you the hope of glory. Of course, we could say, What's your reputation? How are you known? We are sent into the world, S-E-N-T. We are sent into the world. We go. We go from this place. We don't stay here. We're out in the working world. We're out in the neighbourhood. We're at the school gate. But we have a sent, S-C. We take the peace of God where we go. I remember some years ago having the privilege of going with steve oliver who's a father in our family of churches to indonesia and they were looking at starting a new church in a in a in a large town in indonesia and i was with an, another guy he was a very prophetic guy and uh, we went into a restaurant and there was just these idols uh, and there were altars and uh, and it, it was quite, quite an atmosphere because there, e- even in the restaurant there were idols. There, were, uh, there was an altar outside with idols in it and uh, uh, <clears throat> there was an altar inside with an idol in it. And uh, this particular person turned to me and he said, I sanctify this place as I enter it. And I looked at him and I th- he said, because Jesus comes with me. He said, I know some Christians wouldn't come in this restaurant because there's an altar there with an idol. But he said, I sanctify this place with my presence. And I've never forgotten that because Jesus comes with me. Now we have to have a wisdom, of course, about where we go. And sometimes there are places that are not wise for us to go and not helpful for us to go. We need to be sensitive to one another. When it comes to things like alcohol, perhaps, is a good example. But there will be other things. We need to be sensitive. We need to be kind and caring. We bring a peace to one another. I just want to really finish today just saying that as we are sent, we are to be a blessing. And we are to leave a Blessing. There will be moments, sometimes you say, they just don't want to hear. They just don't want to listen. They're they're just not in the mood to hear what I have to say. That's okay. It's not your job to change their mind. God will do that. The Lord will do that. Don't be obnoxious to them. Don't be rude to them. Pray for them, but take your peace and look for the man or woman of peace. That's what Jesus actually says in another place. He says, look for the places where there is peace. Look for where there is an open door already. Look for that. Because when somebody wants to hear, it's the thing about Alpha right now, I don't mind if one person comes on the Alpha or ten. If ten come, I might be asking for some more helpers. But what we want is those who want to hear. Those who God is speaking to at the moment, I want to find out who is Jesus. Why did he die? Is there evidence for the resurrection? I I want to know right now. I don't know if I believe, but I want to ask some questions. That's who we want to come. And so this week, as you're testifying and witnessing to one or two of your friends, if you're saying, oh, we've got this Alpha Course, some friends might go, that's exactly what I've been waiting for. Where is it? When is it? Another friend might go, forget it. I'm not interested. That's okay to be a blessing and leave a blessing. Look for the man or woman <clears throat> of peace. Can I invite you? Let's stand. Can the worship team come back? Could we just put, um, Glyn, could you put these two scriptures up, one after the other? Just, I'm not going to go into the big detail about this, right? but I want to read. Uh, so 2 Corinthians, all right? Thank God... He has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. You think, what on earth is this about? It's a picture from the Roman times. Having conquered a whole nation or a whole area, there would be a great procession, including those who've been captured. And that's the picture. All right, that's the picture. Listen, he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. He uses us. He uses us. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. So even as we worship again now, as we've been worshipping this morning, our lives are a fragrance going to God. And so this scent, we are sent by God, but even our lives given to Him are a scent to Him. Let's see. It's a fragrance going to him but it's also a fragrance going into the world our lives are a christ-like fragrance this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing to those who are perishing we're a dreadful smell of death and doom but to those who are being saved we are life-giving perfume did you know that you have life-giving perfume in you, as you go with Jesus in your workplace. Life-giving perfume. Tina, I just... You have life-giving perfume. Forgive me picking you out. I know you hate that. You have life-giving perfume. Your smile, your attitude, your heart, There's something about her. What is it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus in you. Acts 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realised they were unschooled and ordinary men. I'm one of them. That's why I didn't know about homophones. Homophones. They were astonished though and took note. What did they take note of? These men had been with Jesus. Just help us, Hannah, but let's just take some moments. We've got some moments. Disciples are sent. SE and SC. Just want to invite you this morning to come to the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, I need to be full of you. Just want to say, Holy Spirit, you're so welcome. We welcome you right now. We welcome you. We welcome you to give us courage and boldness to step out and to go, to be sent. We welcome you to fill us that we might be the fragrance of Jesus in our world as we go. Come and fill us even now. Some of you, again, here's another homophone, but some of you might... No peace. You might say, I'm lacking peace at the moment, but you can know peace, K N O W. You can know the peace of God which passes understanding. You might say, I'm lacking, I've got no peace. Come, Lord, today, I pray, as we worship. Just want to invite, if you want to come and stand at the front, just as a a step into God's then do that if you've got a friend and you want to turn to them and say please pray for me I'd love to pray for people Ashley will pray for people I just want us to take some moments now to respond but I want to say today there's an invitation to be filled with Jesus let Jesus come and fill you let the Holy Spirit come and fill you today say Lord I want to be full of you I'm never going to step out in what I believe you've called me to do unless you fill me, unless you empower me. But also that I might be full of you, that your fragrance would be known to my family, my friends, my colleagues. Fill your church today, Lord. Come and bless your your people. Who is God sending you to? Do you need strength? Do you need wisdom? Do you need courage? Ask Him. He will give it to you. He will give it to you. Strength, wisdom, courage. Ask Him. Let's just take some moments. Let's worship. Let's ask the Lord. If you need to get on your knees, feel free. Let's, let's respond together. If you need prayer, come and ask for it. Disciples. Assent.